welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. Now, today I have a very well renowned speaker, author, former of Mr. America. That's correct, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, yeah he's, he's been quite terrible about that, but he's like, yeah. So, um, this I've been listening to this guy's podcast actually since he approached me, and I'm really, really excited to have this one on. We're going to be talking about mindset, fears, realizing your dreams basically we're going to be talking about what could be potentially stopping you getting the dreams that you kind of want to achieve and how you can go about maybe reversing that and chris has got some really really great points that i think every bikini competitor and fitness competitor can really learn from so welcome dr chris zeno hopefully i've said your last name right you know yourself you could do a bit of like a five minute intro of who you are how you've got to this place and what you do um and maybe we can just take it from there Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me, Jasmine. I'm honored to be here, and everybody who's watching and listening, and we appreciate you guys. We have a lot of value today. Uh, real quick, um, I had so many like different uh, movies in my life. It feels so. Uh, I will just talk about the relevant one to fitness. So, in 1998, I won Mr. America, and then I have my degree in exercise physiology from University of Central Florida. And so, when you lived there, I got to train uh, uh, the uh, at Universal Studios. I was the head trainer for Xena Warrior Princess and Hercules, which was really cool. And um, you know, that's when the internet was coming up. I was starting to write articles on the internet for Bodybuilding.com and cover magazines. So it was really a cool, you know, I was a trainer. It was awesome. At uh, 26, I married my wife, and about six months into our marriage, all of a sudden, I thought I had a stomach bug, and it never went away. And I started bleeding every time I went to the bathroom. So now I'm bleeding every time I go to the bathroom 13, 15 times a day. Now I'm getting scared. And uh, it was it was very difficult for me because, you know, I was raised to believe that health was how you look or how you felt. And I was the healthy person. So I wasn't lining up at fast food. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking. But yet all these people around me were doing great. And I wasn't. And I realized I must have been on the wrong map. I was missing something. Well, Fast forward, I go from 230 pounds down to 158 pounds in about four months, losing your bowels in public, bleeding everywhere, and I was diagnosed with a terminal disease called ulcerative colitis. So they put me on heavy drugs like prednisone. They, the, the drugs gave me hepatitis from the, the strain on the liver, and nothing was working except the only thing they could do, they said, is take out my colon. So here, my entire identity, I started working out when I was 12. You know, my dad was my hero because I want to look my, like my dad. He was really built. You know, it wasn't Stallone or, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want to be like my dad. So my entire identity, going through high school, I responded well. So I was known for the guy who worked out or looked a certain way. So my entire, well, from 12 to 26, 14 years, my entire identity was stripped away, totally taken away from me. That was the only option. So nothing was working. And uh, they were going to set me up for surgery. And then my, my anatomy teacher from 10th grade in high school, uh, when my mom sent out the prayer emails, uh, he says, I want to see Chris when he comes to town, because I went to visit my mom before the surgery. And she already lost, I already lost two brothers at this point, so my mom's going through hell. And then he's like, you need to go see my doctor. He's a corrective care chiropractor. He'll change your life. And I said, I'm not going to a chiropractor. I'm like, I got, I got a terminal disease. I tried everything. And here's the key. I'm going to step out of the story just so I can give you guys a principle that you could apply to your life now so you don't have to go through what I went through to learn it. See, at that point, I, a lot of times when we're not doing well, either in health, fitness, relationships, or finances, or business, we feel we get to the point where we feel we tried it all. 
And when you feel you tried it all, it's really you're entering into a state of becoming a victim and hopelessness. And you don't realize it. And then he told me, he goes, well, you didn't try it all. because if you tried it all, you would have had your health. Or if you, if you tried it all, you would have had your goal. And I was like, he kind of woke me up. I'm like, oh, my God, he's right. Because I didn't realize I was in a state of being a victim and hopelessness. And so uh, I went to see the doctor. He taught me how the body heals from the inside out, like we all were created to heal. Our brain controls everything. Uh, I have my blind spot. That's another thing. If something's not going well in an area of your life, there could be a blind spot that you don't see. And, you know, like there's that term, like when you're in the bottle, you can't read the label, right? So this is why coaching, mentorship, or having someone that's going to just tell you the truth, give you a true, you know, non-biased opinion to say, hey, there's a huge blind spot that you don't see. So my blind spot was in my spine. My spine was damaged in several areas. I didn't have pain there, but it was damaged. And when your spine's damaged, you have nerve roots coming out of those that the brain sends life to those organs. And so it was my lower back that was damaged. Those nerve roots go to your digestive area and something right below my neck that goes to your immune system. And that was my blind spot. So I chose to start taking personal responsibility. And I told the doctor, when am I going to get well? And, he, and then he turned it on me. He's like, he's like, that's not up to me. He's like, when you choose to correct your problem that you have that's affecting your life, he, he put all responsibility on me. And it didn't sound like good by bedside manner, but it was the it was the best advice you could give me because I wanted to blame everybody else. But when I realized that no one's coming to save me but me, it's up to me. Like I can't rely. And when I made that decision to take 100% responsibility uh, to take care of my problem and do it, you know, seven months later was a long time. I wish I could tell you it was overnight. Seven months later, my body healed itself from the terminal disease. And I went back to school uh, to get my graduate and become a doctorate in chiropractic. We built the largest clinic in the world. And in the last 13 years, we saw over 17,000 patients and helped hundreds of thousands of people around the world and locally. And uh, it was just really an amazing time. And then, uh, But even there, you know, you check off boxes, right? So I checked off the boxes of success. I have health. I'm so grateful. But then you find yourself in discontent, unfulfilled, numb disengaged, not ungrateful, but you're like, but I, I, I hit my goals. Why do I feel this way? Because in life, when you hit your goals, we're supposed to automatically get a tremendously new set of goals. Like, so we're never going to ever reach the top of the mountain. And that's how we were created. We're, we're creative beings. So uh, I realized those feelings I had was that I wasn't ungrateful or numb or depressed. I was grieving my potential. It was time to expand and evolve, but it was very scary because here I knew this thing, right? I was, I knew it well. I made money at it well. I had a lot of security. So to move on meant me losing my identity or to move on meant me getting, going to an uncomfortable place. But in the search for fulfillment and happiness, sometimes and all the time, going to the unknown and the uncertainty is always, uh, you know, the better option and staying comfortably and tormented at the same time. So that kind of brings you up to speed uh, to where we are today. Wow. Just what a story. Really find it interesting what you mentioned about your identity being just, it's not just a body, but obviously within the bodybuilding uh, sport itself, you put a lot, especially through prep as well, you put a lot of emphasis on your physique, your body. And obviously on social media, you portray a lot of your prep and you kind of convey tunnel vision not only by your focus but what you kind of put out to the world yeah. from a mindset perspective how do you how did you come about getting that restoring that balance obviously there's never a hundred percent balance it must have been quite hard for you to after so many years of having that identity 
been a lot physical uh, from a physical kind of standpoint how did you come round to potentially dealing with that well my situation jasmine i was uh i went through a an experience you know so in my situation i went through a rough health experience that that broke me so much that i had to let go of that identity because it was really stripped away from me and no one has to that. but when you realize that your identity isn't just in the body and you know what being in the fitness industry myself and and having multiple relationships uh, of course, and dating, you know, because you want to date someone that understands you as well. Uh, the fitness industry is brutal for the, for, for the woman. Because, see, a guy, like, you know, I just got in shape for some photo shoots. So, yeah, I, it looks great. But, you know what, when I gain 10 pounds or 20 pounds and I'm bigger, you know, we're, we're okay. But when a, when a female goes from photo shoots to a little bit of water – or 10 pounds, or, you know, where you can actually, then it's, it's seen as unwanted, you know, like it's, 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 it's very harsh and it portrays a, a delusional, um, insecurity. And then that's, that's why, like, so you base your, and then it leads to, like, I would definitely say I had bulimic tendencies as well. I would actually say I even had bulimia, but see, I couldn't throw up. So what would I do instead? I would do two hours of cardio a day when I binged. Or I would uh, do enemas, or I would take those uh, those uh, teas that you drink that make you go to the bathroom. Like, like, so I literally I I induced the same. It, it was the 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 issue, the 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 guilt, the shame, the judgment. Like, why would I put so much guilt, shame, and judgment? It's because my identity was in that, and then if I wasn't a certain way, I got rejected or felt rejected by other people. So. That's why when you find a purpose bigger than your fear or something bigger. So, so when I went through this health experience and I lost my health, when you lose everything, like all of a sudden things aren't as stressful to you. Like, you know, you know, you know, like it's like no big deal. Uh, but when you do get your life back, you realize, Hey, I got something bigger. So when I went through this experience, I had a bigger purpose. So it wasn't about how I looked. It's how I could help people. Right. So I found a purpose bigger than my old identity. But then even becoming a doctor, don't think for a second I didn't develop the identity of becoming Dr. Chris. So now my identity was wrapped up in being the doctor. And so now I had the pressure of getting people well or being there and having the answers for everybody. So we're, we're like, you're right. It's not a there's no balance, but it's being aware that it, it, am I am I selling myself out to this avatar? That doesn't allow me to be free, um, to be myself, to be authentic. See, I always talk about like, if you, if, anyways, listen, if you ever get to the point where you feel guilt or shame or like because you ate a piece of food you shouldn't or unwanted, I, I always go to this room. I, it's metaphorically. I go to this room and it's called the clean room. And the clean room is just this, this room in your mind. And in this room, there's no right and there's no wrong. There's no, there's no good. There's no evil. There's no guilt, shame, or judgment. So it releases all that and it allows you to just be the true authentic person you were always created to be. Because I believe these images or identities, they totally hold us back. They, uh, they water us down and they hold us from expressing true love and appreciation in the moment with people and in our lives. That's so true. I think with competing, you are that identity. And I think it's difficult when you get into perhaps that is pretty much what you have to become in some ways in order to really do whatever goal you have in order to reach it but then after that show 
a lot of people get the post-show blues because their identity is kind of like, whoa, what, what, what am I now? What am I doing? Am I still this person? Like, it's it can be a real uh-huh. difficult shift for some people to kind of transition um, into. I really like what you said about just going into that room. And it could be like a metaphorical room or it could yeah, be yeah. just like a real, that one place that you just go to and you're like, no, this is just me. I'm just not putting any pressure or any self-hate on yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy in this industry to get very wrapped up with the guilt and comparing, and it, it can spiral. And this thing, and this thing, this thing, Aruni, too, your phone, you get on social media, so, but, and what do we do? We're not feeling good about ourselves, and we go on social media just to just to piss ourselves off even more. So then you see someone who looks good, and, and then, like, then we start comparing and envying and coveting. So you could never, listen, there's no happy ending to a horrible journey like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're in that state, there's no happy ending there. And that's where the coveting and jealousy and envy and comparing and judgment and guilt, like, it's all, it's all, it's all a lie. It's a total lie. It has nothing to do with your heroic potential that you were created with. And also, and when you do feel that, what you got to understand is, what did that, what does that person have to wake up? Do you want the pressure that person has? Because just think of the Instagram, they have to wake up going, wow, I got to take pictures today. Or I got to, you know, like, just think of all that pressure. And maybe you don't want that. They're like, wow, you know, because we never know really what that person has to go through. Maybe they have a hard relationship and you have an amazing relationship. Maybe, right, like, just think of all the things. You never know the full story, especially on social media around. And what really also helps, uh, what really helped me is when I did find a career, that was fulfilling, then I didn't put as, then it, then then uh, the whole fitness or the way I looked didn't have a stronghold on me anymore. So for instance, so, you know, in, in 1998, I went Mr. America, but then at 37 years old, I'm, I'll be, I'm 41 now, but at 37, one of my doctors did a physique show. And I was eating all raw food. Like I was 150 something pounds. I was like a raw vegan dude. It felt great, but uh, no protein and, and I looked at him, he's getting, I was like, you know what? I, go, I never had closure to that part of my life, right? I went Mr. Mary, then I got sick, right? So I didn't have this closure. Mm. And I go, yeah, I go, I wonder, like a beast in the cage, I wonder if I still got it. And my wife thought it was nuts. She's like, absolutely not. I'm like, no, 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 I'll do everything in the morning. I'll do my car. You're like, I'll prep everything. And she's like, but you get crazy when you do a show. I'm like, no, 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 I'm different now. And I, and I was, and uh, I won, you know, I came back, I won, and then I went, uh, then a year later in, uh, in 2016, I, I won the, uh, my class at the universe and got my pro card, so I turned IFBB pro, and it was like, you know, um, I was, but what it was unique is my, my prep, my enjoyment of the process was so much more enjoyable, mm. you know what I mean, like when I was on cardio, I didn't need a CD anymore, CD player. That's how old I am. You know, I was able to watch, I was able to listen to podcasts and personally develop or watch YouTube videos and personally develop. Like, I enjoyed it. You know, like, I didn't feel like everything rode on this show. My whole life was about this show. It's like, because I had other things in my life yeah. that, so this became an actual wonderful journey. Yeah, the last couple of weeks sucked a little bit. You were tired, but it was like, but it still was never, it was just such a better experience when we had things that made impact, yeah. that were fulfilling, um, that uh, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a business that you have, that almost distracted you. Because when I had no, when I was in my 20s, you're right, it was tunnel vision 24-7, when do I eat my next meal? It was, that's all we thought about. So, of course, when the show is over, 
what do we do? Of course we get depressed. It's like what we live for for 16 weeks or for some of us longer all of a sudden goes away. And then all that hard work seems to disappear in a couple weeks <laughs> uh, versus at all the hard time we put in. It's amazing how uh, the fat and water come on. So, you know, I really found out, I really enjoy the process. In fact, every September, show or no show, I get contest ready because I actually enjoy the process. Where before it was more of a, how miserable can I feel? And being miserable meant that I was working hard, which was uh, another lie as well. So it really is finding that thing that fulfills you, whatever that is. It could be a hobby. It could be something that's outside of the fitness realm. And that really balances you out really well. So I literally put on a podcast, uh, launched a podcast last week yeah. about yeah, yeah. what it means to be not just a bikini girl and why you shouldn't be not just a bikini girl. And you've literally said it bang on the money and I've noticed it this year by being a bit more aware of what else makes me me apart from just this competing identity and the reps that I do in the gym and all of that sort of stuff I've been dieting for so much longer this year but I think by allowing myself to kind of step out of that identity and feel good about myself to feel like no I'm not just this competitor I have got so much more to me and people don't realize that they feel like they have to go all in but you do but not to the extent that everything else gets completely like flattened out if that makes sense and what you mentioned as well I love I get so excited when my cardio goes up and I know that sounds really weird but it's not from a case of oh I can burn more fat it's like for me my cardio is my podcast hour like that was my first question I asked my coach when is cardio coming in because I've got a crap load of podcasts that I need to be get that I need to kind of get in so it's just maximizing on your time isn't it really and using that time to your best advantage it's not just there to help burn your fat off it's there it could be there for a different purpose depending on how you're interpreting that, that yeah that space of time that you do have you nailed it like yeah you, you stack so I, I I look at the same way as you do with cardio it's like oh that's my podcast personal development time I know when I'm eating cleaner that I feel better so my brain's clearer, right? You know, you don't have the brain fog, so I'm sharper. So that 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 transmutes, that sharpness and discipline transmutes into my businesses. Yeah. So everything rises. So it's like, wow, like when I start to get in, you know, get ready to start doing those little diving things, it's like, oh, everything in my life rises. I'm sharper, I, I get more done, my day starts off up. Like when we wake up in the morning and take time for ourselves, whether it be cardio, exercise, meditation, a sauna, I do all these things in the morning, you're filling up your well. Yeah. Like when you did cardio for an hour, you filled up your well for one hour. So now when you go into the world, you could pour out the best, all of you to people and give the best of you to people. But I'm telling you, if you wake up and, you, and that well is not filled out and you that well goes dry, then anxiety and stress and jealousy and, and all those negative thoughts set in because you, you didn't pre, I call it pre-paving the day. Like, I own the day. I set the course of the day. I fill myself up. It's for me. But the most important relationship is you, to you and me, to me. And then when we could spend time with us, it's an act of love. People don't realize, I, I believe that you do you doing that stuff, for, it's an act of love for yourself. And then I could give love away. Why? Because I love myself. I, I developed myself today, so now I could give that away. And that's, uh, and so you see, like, in my mind, in perception, I stack it to where, you know, whether it be meal prep or uh, training, it's all 
It's all self-developing who I am, developing this discipline muscle that is the key cornerstone in the hero secret sauce to become successful or a millionaire, whatever you want to be. That's what, I always say that every fitness person uh, will always has the potential to become a millionaire. Truly, like people say potential. Potential is like it's, it's useless if it's not activated. But truly, truly, like because a fitness person has developed the skill of discipline and delayed gratification and consistency that no matter if they were able to focus that into something else or something they enjoy, they would be an automatic success over time. Hands down. Uh, you mentioned something. You keep mentioning this childhood hero, and I've heard you talk about it previously a lot. I wonder if you can kind of delve a bit more into that. I don't know if that's a good enough kind of thing to get you going, but I'm really yeah. interested to hear about how these sort of qualities in your childhood can kind of impact you. Because obviously for some competitors, they might have, you know, they might have, potentially, you never know that some negative images or negative ideas they have around their body could have stemmed from a young age and that sort of yes. thing. And when you're getting into those last few stages of prep, or even after the show is done, it's those subconscious beliefs, those things that have been said in the past can kind of like grace and kind of come to the forefront sometimes. I don't know if you can kind of touch on that because I think it'd be really, really valuable for a lot of listeners to hear. Well, in, in my, uh, right now, you know, in my, it's called the I Am Hero Project. That's, that's my, you know, my big worldwide internet course that I do in private coaching. Uh, the issue with personal development or self-help is they, they come from a standpoint that you need something from the outside in to improve. Meaning, well, if I do this morning routine, I'll become a better person. So personal development and self-help has an outside-in perspective. You need to do this to be better, or you need to become this to become better. So it's always like, like I need to add more things, or I need to like learn some more things. My perspective is that you don't need anything. It's not about attaining or discovering anything. It's about reattaining and rediscovering what we already had, and that we forgot. And so when we were little kids, probably to the age of six, I have two kids. I have an 11 and I have a five-year-old. When I look at my kids, check this out. When you look at a kid, they have, they're playful. They have amazing imaginations. They'll play all day long. They could, great imagination, super creative. They are so focused on the things they want, right? They live in what I call, uh, they live in vertical time. Meaning the only time they're worried about is when, now, they don't live in linear time like we do. They don't think about past or future. Like, what do you want to go to the park now? Can we go now? And then they're relentless. Yeah. They will they will relentlessly annoy the hell out of you and ask you a million times until you are closed. So that means they're closers. They're the greatest salespeople in the world. My kids have closed me 100% of the time. Um, they're forgiving. They are. Their beliefs are easily formed. They're faithful. They have pride and they have ego. And they never, and they, they question limitations all the time. Don't touch that. Why? Um, you know, because you'll burn yourself. And then look, right? So they're looking for their own truth all the time. And the number one question they ask is why? Because if they're all about, they don't want you to tell them what truth is. They want to experience it for themselves. And so when you look at all those qualities of a kid, I'm like, wow. I go, there's people that spend tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in their life to go to, personal development, self-help seminars, and get all these coaches to get those qualities. But what they're not realizing is it's not about attaining those qualities. It's about remembering 
you were born with those qualities. So therefore, kids have never went to a seminar or read a book on personal development. So I woke up one day going, holy cow, that's ex- we were we were innate. We, came, we all came innately equipped with that. That is all of us. And then, like you said, through teachers, through preachers, through dogmas, through belief systems, through school systems and institutions, through media, through movies, we're taught and we're told what to think and what to do. Our ability to think for ourselves is truly taken away. And then we put on this fake suit to conform and fit in. That's our secret identity. And we kind of, and then when you wear the secret identity for years and years and years, there comes a point when you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize who you truly were anymore. You forgot who you were. So like you said, it could be, hey, your arms look fat in that short sleeve shirt. You know, all those little things. Trust me, you know the reason why I said that one? That comment right there was told to my wife by one of her aunts, who's a piece of crap anyway. You know, she's not. But like, I just get, well, I get upset about it is because you're so right. It wasn't multiple times that one statement when my wife was still affects her to this day. I honestly think if anyone listening to this must have that same thing, that one comment that one person said and it's still on to them. I have mine, which is, what is my it? grandma. Um, always used to like, I have an outy belly button. She always used to poke it and she'd be like, put that away. No one wants to see that. So for ages, I'd always have my belly button. And even on, that was a big like thing for me to overcome on stage, which sounds so silly, but just showing my outy belly button, like, and that was what stuck with me. And she just said it for once, but it still sticks with me now. And it, it sounds silly to all of us when you said that. You're like, oh, we love it. You know, like, you know, but the thing that sounds so, but it, here's the only thing that matters. And for everybody listening, you know, it's not about if it sounds silly when you say that. All that really matters is it, 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 it means something to you, like it affected you. And if it affected you, that really is what counts. That's your perception. That's your truth. What is a belief? What is a, a belief is not a truth. It's something that we think about over and over and over again. That's what a belief is. It's so people, a truth and belief are different things. So when you think about that thing over and over again, that becomes your belief, even though, and here I could say, Jasmine, I, are you crazy? That doesn't make any sense at all. But you can have everybody in the world tell you, but all that matters is your own personal feeling about that. So that's why you could have, like I said, all these people say, no, you're great. You're this and that, but it's really loving and accepting you for you and building that relationship with you. That's the most underdeveloped relationship I see is someone developing a relationship with themselves because part of the time is you don't even know who the hell you are. And that like a lot of times I have to literally introduce people to themselves like at 35 or 40 and saying, Jasmine, meet Jasmine. Um, This, you know, like, because that is the relationship that you know least about. And we feel we can't do that because we feel it's selfish or we're taking um, personal time. No, 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 no. Like you need to become selfish to become unselfish and help yeah. others. So I, again, it's all the things we were raised with, but you're absolutely right. It's not a, it's, it's a one, it's a one time sucker punch from someone who just was feeling, uh, was venting on their own issues that actually could cause a, a body image issue that will last for decades. Yeah. I think it's our self-awareness and it takes time. I think it definitely takes time to get to that point. But what would your advice be for people if they've got, you're talking about like the childhood sort of bunch, yeah? And I remember what I had quite a lot of 
comments about my weight. I know my mum was very, um, she, she's honest, she's, she's lovely, but I, I can just remember now the comments that she used to make about, all oh, you're gaining weight, all oh, you've lost weight. And people, and when you're in the competing space, people will love to make those very open comments saying, oh, you've put on some weight, oh, you've lost some weight. And it's, it's that constant open commentary on your own body so what kind of advice would you give to people especially if they're going into their maybe their post show and they're a bit worried about what people are going to be saying if it's gonna you know it might bring up certain emotions or feelings that they've or beliefs that they've already kind of got and maybe trying to battle with if that makes sense so i'm gonna, I'm gonna walk you guys up the ladder because there's different stages and jasmine was right it's about self-awareness and and for those of you listening i don't know what areas of that or levels you're in on that Okay, so the first level is, of course, we could say, don't worry about what people think. That does see that doesn't always work because you gotta there's a you gotta get to a point of self-esteem, pride, and ego up to yourself to be like, yeah, I don't care what you think. I mean, that's up there, but I mean, that's years of self-awareness. Um, but what I like to tell people is this: no one listening needs to ever justify anything they do. Meaning like, if, hey, you're gaining weight. Hey, you're losing weight. Like, you don't have to justify yourself. We justify ourselves to people. And when you justify, you don't realize that we're actually causing the problem. Because if Jasmine says to me, hey, Dr. Z, you know, it looks like you're gaining weight. I'm like, yeah. Like, but if I say, yeah, because, you know, I, I did this before and now I'm gaining weight, you know, I'm like, and I start to justify myself, it's like, then I'm, I'm actually saying, that I really, I really have to justify myself, justify my actions to other people. And as long as I have to explain my, and justify my actions to other people, I'm allowing those people to have a stronghold over my life and what I do. Mm-hmm. Versus like, you can eat that, yeah. That's it. You know, like, like you don't have to justify anything. And this is way beyond fitness too. It's like we feel the need to justify ourselves. To uh, you know what, Marion, Marion Williamson has a great quote. Uh, she's like, there's no enlightenment in shrinking to the insecurities of other people. Yeah. Meaning that if you're in shape and you look amazing, you're doing great because you worked your ass off and these people are not there and you're and you're um, convicting them or, or, or they don't feel good about that. There's no like you don't shrink to their insecurities. Yeah. I mean, like I cannot be like if I want to help someone in poverty, I don't lose. I don't become impoverished. If I want to help a sick person. I don't get sick. What you do is you raise up and inspire them to come up with you. So there's no enlightenment in justifying yourself. So I would definitely start with that. Just start now and be like, I don't have to justify myself. So when they say, hey, you lost weight. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, and then you gain weight. Yeah, it happens. You know, like, whatever, like it's because then the conversation's over. Yeah. Because if I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I just did that. Then we, then this becomes a five to 10 minute conversation versus a yes. You know, it's uh, is, is okay. Like I always, I always uh, compare it to like the media. Like if the media finds out someone is having an affair, right, a secret affair with someone, and they'll line up at their door, and when they open the door, all the camera people, they they want the, they want them to walk, they want them to, to lie and justify. And so when someone says, "Well, we heard this," and then they deny it, and then they they catch them in a lie. But I saw it was like in the states, we have the prices right, and there was this guy Bob Barker. And Bob Barker, he was like a 70-year-old host. And they're like, we heard you had an affair with one of the Barker beauties. And then he goes, yeah, we did. And it was mutual. And it was it was uh, great. And literally everybody turned around and left. Like, 
He did not justify himself, and it was over. So I, I just I'm not saying that, but you, I mean, that's my analogy. Yeah, is that I don't even know. When you don't explain your actions, the conversation's over. And I think that's what you guys want. You don't want that conversation. Like even my mom, she's 80. She's like, oh, your face looks very drawn. I'm like, yeah, but I'm handsome, you know. <laughs> so, and I move on like it's over. I think because I don't have yeah. to explain myself. I think it's because they don't understand what you They don't understand what no. I mean, most people don't understand what you do anyway. They don't understand the sacrifice. And anyway, like they and all it does is expose their insecurities of themselves as well because they didn't exercise. They're not eating right, so they want to bring you down to their pity party to make them feel better about them not doing it. So when you realize just in anything. I don't, and you just tell yourself consciously, I don't have to justify myself uh, in, in a loving way. Like, like if you told, if, if you said something and if you said, would you like this? And I said, no, thank you. You know how you would say no, thank you to someone? That's the attitude of not justifying for me. It's like, I, I love it. I'm not angry. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not entering into this. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. I think, I think, I think people re- making people realize that they are in control. They can be in control of that situation and how it turns out. And it's yeah. that power relation, like they're not feeling like they have that, as you go, as you mentioned correctly, like that self-esteem to realise I can control this conversation. I can control what, you're basically how, the you, 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 can, you can be in the driver's seat. You've just got to have that confidence and belief to be able to put yourself in that situation to be in the driving seat, like 100%. 100%. That's a quote right there. That's a quote everybody should write down. You're always in the driver's seat. Ego, guys. You yeah. put, if you remember anything from this, that's the one. I think it's true. Yeah, or another one is like, I invite you into my game. Meaning like, you know, I invite you to my uh, my wiffle ball game. Like, you know, it's it's I set boundaries of what I'm willing to do to myself or enter into myself. So there's just certain boundaries I will not break. Because if I break... Remember, the best, the most important relationship is you with you. I would rather you break agreements with other people, but don't break an agreement with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't break a promise with yourself because that's where we start to lose self-worth and self-esteem. Like, keep the agreements with you. You know, so it all comes back to, like you said, self-awareness, self-love, enjoy. But we're told that's wrong. We're told that's bad, especially a woman. You know, oh, you got to, like, you know, when you start to have kids, almost put everybody first except you. Yeah. It's the worst thing you can do. Like, no, you put yourself first so everybody can get the best of you. I've seen that a lot, actually. Well, you might know uh, India Polino. She's a. Yes. She's recently had a baby, and the hate that she's been getting on her Instagram for, you know, coming back nine, six months postpartum um, and looking incredible. People are calling her selfish and saying, oh, what sort of mum are you? And it's. It's right. It's vicious. It is really, really vicious. I think, and see, but you and I, it's because we're in the industry. You and I, you and I are so like, how awesome is that? Like, we appreciate that. We think that's amazing. Like Serena Williams, they didn't yell at her when she came back. But it's like we think that's amazing. You know what that's showing? It showed because because she showed that yes, it can be done. And people used having a baby as an excuse. Even guys use trust. Even guys use. Oh, my wife had a baby as an excuse to eat a bunch of, you know what I mean? Like, she showed, like, and there was nothing unhealthy about it, by the way. Like, everybody thinks, like, you know, you're not supposed to gain 80 pounds, you know? I mean, a lot of my patients, they gain 18 or 22 pounds, 
And yes, all their family members from old school, oh, you're too skinny. No, it's like 18 to 22 pounds is healthy uh, because my patients still exercise during pregnancy. Uh, and uh, and they have beautiful labors. Most of them are all, probably 98% are all natural childbirth, no drugs, quick labor, and they bounce back like that because they were actually exercising. They were exercising, most of my patients, their water breaks on the treadmill. They were exercising up into the day. It's not selfish. It was healthy. Yeah. And there was very little postpartum depression, if any. Because they say as well, if you have kids, you should only, if you're pregnant, you should only be eating like two to 400 calories more than your daily intake or something like that. So, yeah. And the baby's going to get what it needs anyway. Like, you know, like the perfect example was a drug addict on the streets. There's plenty of babies born from drug addicts, and they don't eat right, they're on drugs. The baby still grows and develops. So when you realize that, you know, reproduction is pretty much the most basic process in the human species, otherwise we wouldn't be here. Again, it's all that dogma, saying you need to gain 80 pounds, you need to eat for two. You don't have to eat for two. Just eat. Eat what you're comfortable. If you don't like, uh, like, one baby my uh, for our first son, my wife hated vegetables for some reason. And then my second son, all she wanted to like, So it's like, live your life, you know? Yeah. Live what you do. Take care of you. It's okay to look. It's okay to uh, feel pretty. And, you know, you don't have to, like, you know, it's, 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 pregnancy is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Pre, during, labor, and post. It's all a beautiful experience. It's not some type of, like, medical procedure. So, again, it, you know, it all stems from the same thing. We're believing values imposed upon us from other people that are outdated, that are unhealthy, and they're really mediocre in status quo. And a fitness professional, every person listening here, if you're in fitness, you are clearly not status quo or mediocre. And so you will never fit into a mediocre society. Like I say, average people are average, and you're not an average person, so how can you ever think you'll fit into that? Because you, because you won't, because you're not mediocre or average, and this is why it's wonderful for things like you're doing and having these podcasts and having communities of people that understand each other. Um, it really is a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a, and it's it's true. Uh, it's a true uh, opportunity to bond and really create very deep relationships. My best friends through college, through my entire life, were always my gym buddies, and they're the ones I still talk to today. You know, this is that's true family to me because we bonded on such a deep level and we had so much in common that uh, that's that's where I mean, why would I ever give that up? I have I have deeper rooted relationships than most people have uh, in their superficial relationships. Yeah. And I probably have a lot. A lot of my close friends now are all competitors. Pretty much, yeah. just because you just you bond in a very very different way, and your goals and your purpose and where you're going is very very different. And I think that can be a hard thing as well to kind of come to terms with sometimes when you've got this old set of friends that you still love, you still adore, but that you're just you just go in different paths and different places, which is you're just fine. Like it's absolutely fine to do that, but I do think you get that resistance from them, and so maybe you're not into that sort of environment as you. And always remember in life. People will be in your life for a day, some will be in your life for a season, and some people will be in your life for a lifetime. And that's the way everything's going to be. Like, everybody listening here, you're going to have multiple careers. You're going to have multiple, like, movies. I go, like, like, there's parts of my life that feel like a movie, you know, because they just feel like a separate part, like a different lifetime. I mean, and really is, it's, 
you know, we're spiritual beings in a physical body on this planet to, to number one, we're, we, we live in the basis of freedom. Like you said, I love that, that we are in control of a lot of things. Like we have, we have so much freedom. A lot of times we have so much freedom. We choose bondage. Our experience on this planet is to experience joy. So when there's people and you feel, if you're feeling guilt, shame, or like, that means you're out of alignment with your truth. And then why do we have freedom and joy? It's because our ultimate goal living here is to grow as a human being and to grow with others. And so that's really, I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't want to say like that would be the meaning of life, what I just explained, but it sure is pretty close. Yeah. You know? I know we've only got about 40 minutes, but I think we're just about getting to 40 minutes. But lasting words, I mentioned to you before, this is going to be going out around the off-season, post-show sort of realm. From your own experience, obviously you've worked with a lot of competitors helping them with this sort of thing, but what sort of advice would you be giving to people, say they haven't got the results that they've wanted, or they're feeling quite deflated coming out of that kind of contest prep stage, like what sort of advice would you be giving to them right now? Everything has to be done for you. Like, remember, like when you become a competitor, you're doing it for you. When you um, walk past that cookie or that slice of pizza, and you chose not to do it. You, you did not eat it because you can't eat it. You didn't eat it because you chose not to eat it. Remember, you could do whatever you want. Number one, you have all the freedom to do what you want. And what you do, you chose to do. And so when, I, when you come from the aspect, when you realize that you chose to, that's very empowering, isn't it? Versus if I told you, you can't have this, you can't have that. When you tell me I can't, I can't get it out of my mind. So I'm going to like dwell on it and I'm going to eat it, right? So what I go through now, it's like, hey, I... I am so powerful and I have so much, uh, you know, I do this for myself. It's my choice to compete or eat right. Like, so that cookie, it's, uh, it's actually not in alignment with my goal. See, I'm in control of that. So everything's from the, uh, the, the alignment of empowerment. Like, oh, that cookie, it's not me versus the cookie. I chose, I'm using cookie because I like chocolate chip cookies. Like, <laughs> I chose, I chose not to. And when you say, I choose not to, then where's the power? It's in you. Yeah. The power is not in the circumstances. And knowing that, hey, if I did have the cookie, it's because I chose to, and I'm going to be okay with that. That's another one. Yeah. Hey, so I didn't do my, so I didn't, do, so I, so I, I quote unquote screwed up, which you didn't. There's no, that's no screwing up. It is like, well, I chose to. So the end result, the day of that show is the result I chose to have. Because, you know, a lot of times when I would sneak some food that I, I that, that wasn't on the plan or I chose to, it's because I felt comfortable in the condition I was in. And I felt confident that I could choose to do that because I felt I would get away with it. And sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't. But regardless of the outcome, I chose to I take full responsibility and that's great. So no circumstance controls us. I think too many times in the fitness realm, we believe circumstance controls. But I want you guys to be empowered going, hey, I walk by a fridge. I could choose to open that fridge up and eat whatever. Like everybody listening, you could eat and do whatever you want. Like you have freedom to do that. No one's stopping you. But when you're empowered, be like, well, I just choose not to because I have a goal. And that goal is making me grow as an individual. That goal is giving me an hour on a on a, on a treadmill or, or elliptical to personally develop. So like, so these things are making me a better human being. And I choose not to do things that might uh, 
add friction. How about that? A cookie out would be friction, right? Yeah. Um, or, or something that stops me in my tracks from reaching my goals. So that's what made the process so enjoyable for me now is that, hey, it's my choice. And every time I choose, my I, I become more empowered because I'm like, I chose that. Like, I'm in control. And that is, and then when you're in control, that means you're also in control of your emotion. Because, right, the reason why I wanted that cookie was why. Why do I want that? Because I was raised in a family where food was uh, equal to comfort. And so I'm like, okay, so I really don't want that. I don't need it nutritionally. I'm feeling I want that right now because I'm searching for comfort. Why? What happened? Well, I kind of had a rough day today, and now I'm searching for comfort. Okay, so, so I become self-aware of the why behind that. So it's, you're almost talking to yourself, but like I said, it sounds very complicated, but just, just like you doing your diet or doing your cardio becomes second nature where you get to the root cause of why you want that. You want that because you're really hungry or you want that because you know what? You want comfort. So what I did is I realized that I wanted comfort a lot of times and I'll give you a hack. Um, I wanted comfort a lot of times because, uh, and, and food would raise dopamine levels. So I, I saw that cacao, you know, raw chocolate, that raises uh, dopamine levels that also raises serotonin levels. And the dopamine levels also take away the, uh, the binge uh, bingy slash uh, anxiety eating that we tend to do. Uh-huh. So I said, listen, this is what I'm going to do. So I made a purpose that every day I, I have 85% chocolate a couple times a day. Um, a couple squares every day because the, the cacao, the raw chocolate, raises the dopamine levels. It gives me theobromine, which is kind of a, a, an endorphin releaser, so I feel good. And my cravings for binging or nervous eating went away. So me, watch this, me adding in raw cacao or raw chocolate, watch this, lowered my cravings to binge more. So even though I added the chocolate in, I didn't eat as much or binge as much, so I got better results. So this is where you could say, hey, listen, I can have, I eat chocolate every single day, every single day, a couple times a day. It's maybe max 100 calories, but it prevents me from eating 2,000 calories, you know, on a, on a, on a Thursday night <laughs> at 10 at night, right? So this is where, like, you're, I, I would allow yourself to say, listen, you know, for me, I, and I, guys, I, I would definitely tell you that's like my secret is, is uh, raw cacao because it really does. It gives you a boost. Uh, endorphin boost, feel good boost, and it takes um, it, it's, it helps you with cravings. So uh, I say all that to say um, empower yourself. So empowering yourself may be saying, you know what, I'm running the store of binging on chocolate, so I'm going to just have chocolate every day. So it's not something I can't have. I'm going to allow myself to have it every day, and allowing myself to have it every day will prevent me from going all crazy overboard sabotaging myself. So it's really getting to know you, you and uh, apply the, applying like personal power to your life. But as I say, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have got to that point without the self-awareness, without having those sometimes hard conversations with yourself but going through that pain of really not just going over the surface, it's really, ask, as you said at the beginning of this podcast, asking yourself why. That is the most like powerful question you can ask yourself with anything and ask again and again and again and again. Because it's literally like an onion. You'll, you'll keep thinking that's the answer and you'll get to the root cause and then you can move forward with it instead of just going, oh, I'll deal with it later. Because some people don't want to deal with it at that precise moment. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Asking why, that self-awareness and that raw cacao, I need to go on that definitely for myself. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> 
fantastic well thank you so much for coming on this has been i'm so excited to get this one out there's loads of little knowledge bombs make sure you guys let us know what you think about this podcast uh chris if people do want to find out more about you follow you on instagram um i know you've got a lot of really interesting projects coming up so where can they find you to go and do that well i'm gonna give for everybody it's called the hero secret sauce it's it's the five whether it be competing business and it's the five like it's the top five things that you can find daily that make you absolutely rock whatever you're doing so you just go to iamhero.com so it's iamhero.com forward slash secret so it's iamhero.com forward slash secret and you'll get the pdf and i have about five or six videos that kind of explain it to help you and that's my gift to you you'll love it you'll die you guys will definitely get that that'll pump you up and then um, uh, just let's keep the conversation going. You can do that by just go to Instagram and or Facebook, and it's at Dr. Zaino, D-R-Z-A-I-N-O. I put content out every single day. I do lives almost every single day that you could actually get on and contribute. I answer all my messages and all my comments. It's always me answering because uh, that's, you know, I'm dedicated to that. So we have a great time. And, and it's, it's not fluffy stuff, I meaning like, you know, it's that, it's that, one, it's that one post that's going to shift you 1% towards uh, leading a much better life every single day. That's my goal is to really resurrect the heroes out of people from your, your secret identities. And if you, again, if you did enjoy this, please rate this high um, comment. And uh, I would love to do a sequel. We should need to do a sequel in a couple weeks. Why not? More months. Yes, definitely. I'm planning to stop. Well, my competition is potentially four weeks. So when's that? End of September, so hopefully maybe November time we should catch back up. Well, our birthday's November 17th, so let's let's do November. Fellow Scorpio then, thank you so much. Make sure you leave a review and we can see you guys in the next episode.